You know, today we, we are kind of starting a, a new series called The Story of Jesus, and uh, really excited about that. You know, the question is, you know, what does it mean uh, to be a Christian? Disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So that was the first time in Antioch that um, the people who are following Jesus were called Christians. And the word Christian literally meant, you know, the Christ ones, you know, the Christ ones, or the ones who are like Christ. And the interesting thing was it wasn't a complimentary word. It was kind of like an insult. You know, um, the people in Antioch began to become offended by um, all the preaching and the teaching and, and the lifestyles of those who had chosen to follow Jesus. And so as they were getting offended, um, they, they gave them this name Christians like as an insult, you know, like... Um, you know, like those, uh, yeah, you know, you know, just, you know, those Christians, you know, like that. And uh, it kind of stuck, you know, because the Christ ones, the ones who are like Christ, that kind of described what it meant to follow Jesus. So they kind of stuck around, you know. And, and the word disciple is more than just like a student of... Um, of the Bible. You know, the disciple is literally a student or a um, learner or an apprentice of a person. And so the word disciple, when we talk about being a disciple of Jesus, it's someone who follows him. It's someone who is learning from him, like a student of him, you know. And, And that's what we're all called to be. We're called to be disciples. You know, when we say Christians, it means the Christ ones, the ones who are like Christ. And that's why I'm really excited about this series is because if, if we're going to be the Christ ones, if we're going to be people who, who are students and learners of Jesus, then we got to really know who Jesus is. And what did Jesus do while he was here on earth? You know, um, it's really important, right? And I'm really excited because I was thinking back on the 10 years or so that we've existed as a church, and I don't think we've ever intentionally for like a series, six, seven, eight, whatever weeks, really focused in on, on the life of Jesus. And so that's why this is really, really important, that we're going we're gonna to look at Jesus' extraordinary birth, and we're going to go all the way to his supernatural resurrection, you know, and then we're going to do this together. And that's why, you know, today, if you're a small group leader, uh, we're going to have a short meeting after, um, you know, because there's like study guides for like small groups. We'll be going through material. There's a DVD and study guides. And we'll be learning. And um, just his life. It's called the story of Jesus because a few years ago, this guy, Randy Frazee, um, wrote a book with some other people. And what they did was they took um, the scriptures, all of scriptures, and they said, you know, we're going to write a book and tell the story of God from the beginning, from Genesis to Revelation. And we're going to look at the story of God, and there's going to be nothing but Scripture in it. But they didn't, you know, they didn't use all of the Scripture, but in chronological order, um, they put this, sto- this called the story together. And the story of Jesus is just the sections in the Gospel and in a little bit in Luke, where they, I mean, a little bit in Acts, where they talk about the life and the ministry of Jesus. 
And in the beginning of the um, study guide, you know, there's like the Bible readings, and it kind of just straight from that book, and it, you know, you kind of read it, and it's, I've been reading it, it's been really good, because you kind of get a real good overview about who Jesus is, and we get an overview of this person that we're to be like, and this person who we're to follow. So really, really, really excited <clears throat> about that. Um, today, what we're going to do is we're going to start from the beginning. In fact, a little bit before the beginning, um, I mean, really the beginning, beginning, because did you know that Jesus existed before his birth here on earth? You know, Christians who celebrate his birth, you know that he existed even before that, you know? Um, did you know that Jesus is truly um, 100% God, you know? He's 100% God, and that he's always existed. Um, the interesting thing about Jesus is he's not like 50% God and 50% man, you know, like born, you know, Mary and the whole. No, he's 100% God and he's 100% man. How does that work? You know, we don't know. But that's, he, he, he has all the attributes and the qualities of God. And yet he's like one of us. He's 100% God and 100% man. And, you know, theologians, you know, they're, they're kind of like, well, we don't know how to describe this. So they made up a fancy word because what theologians do is when they can't explain something, they make a fancy word. And that's called the hypostatic union, all right? That's 100% man, 100% God. And, you know, I just probably impressed you all that. I got, you know, I know these words. Now, you all can impress your friends. Yeah, we talked about the hypostatic union today. But that's what it is. God is, Jesus is 100% God. And 100% man, I can kind of see that nobody's impressed by that. But anyway, um, that's okay, you know. But that's where we got to start. That when we understand and grasp that truth, that, that Jesus is 100% God. And that, that he was there from the very beginning. You know, before anything was even created, right? There was one person. And that person was God. And when we understand, and when we grasp that truth, that Jesus is 100% God, that, that, that Jesus has all the attributes of God, that Jesus was there, that he is God himself, that it should fill us with hope. It should fill us with hope because the, the Jesus that we're choosing to be like, the Jesus that we're choosing to follow, um, there's so much power available there is so much power that flows through this Jesus. And I'm praying today as we start this, this series and this campaign is that you would begin to grab onto that hope from the very beginning. That, man, you know, this is more than just making a decision, going to church, singing Kumbaya, doing all that stuff. But there is power that's available. So if you've got your bulletins, but, you know, we're going to have some notes there, got notes on the screen. We're going to start in John chapter 1, all right? John chapter 1. And um, it's one of the Gospels. And, and here's the first thing that should fill us with hope. Because Jesus, and, you know, sorry, I didn't know. I, I know you're not supposed to start a sentence with because, you know. But I, I didn't know how else to do it. If you all got a suggestion, you can come up and I can maybe change it for second, second service. But it's like, because Jesus is God Almighty, we have hope in his omnipotent power. All right? Because Jesus is God Almighty... We can have hope. Why? Because he has an omnipotent or unlimited, limitless power, unlimited power. All right? In John chapter 1, verse 1, 
This is how John starts his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. And then he goes on in verse 14, he says, the Word, because he wants to make this clear to us, right? He says, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, right? It's becoming clear who the Word is, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this John the Baptist he's talking about, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through, and now he's telling us who the word is, through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who, who is himself God, is, the, is in closest relationship with the Father and has made him known. It's interesting that that's how John starts his gospel account. Not from his earthly birth, uh, earthly birth but, but from the very beginning. The first verse of the Bible is what? In the beginning, God. And what John is saying in the beginning, God. Who was there? Jesus was there. That the word, Jesus, was there. That, that Jesus is God. And, and he's making it absolutely clear. You know, and there are some people who are thinking, no, Jesus is not God. It's really clear. John is saying, make no mistake about it. You know, the word was with God. The word is God. Who is the word? Jesus Christ, he's saying. And Jesus came to earth to be your Savior, and he's clearly God Almighty. See, the Jesus who hung on that cross, we got to understand that that was God Almighty hanging on that cross for you and for me. That, 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 that is so powerful that God didn't just use a regular man. He sent his one and only son who is God Almighty to die for us. And it means that, that if you place all of your faith and all of your hope and all of your confidence in him, you can have full assurance because he's God. You see? He's God, and he has all the attributes, all the qualities, and all the power of God. That's the Jesus we follow. You know, it says in verse 3, it says, through him, and this is, might be surprising to some of you, through him, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made, you know, that had been made. And Jesus demonstrated his power as, as God in the creation. Jesus created everything we know. Jesus is the creator. It was he who created everything. And so the question is, you know, what can Jesus not do? There isn't anything that he can't do. What is it that we should fear? What is it that we should worry about in our lives if we put our faith in Jesus? Nothing, right? Nothing. And that is why the Bible says in Philippians 4, for I can do what? Everything. Through who? Through Christ. Why? Because Christ has the power. Because Christ is God. With all the power, he created everything. Remind, you know, we need to remind ourselves he created everything. And he says, this Christ, he's going to give us the strength. 
And there isn't anything that we can't do. You see, what are you dealing with right now? You look in your life. What are you dealing with right now? What's the challenge that you have in your life? You know, what is it that you need strength for? And the great news is that Jesus is God Almighty. And his omnipotent, unlimited power is available. And he will give you strength. Isn't that encouraging? That he will give you strength to do anything. And we can have hope because of his omnipotent power. Second thing is because, Jesus, because in Jesus there is life, we can have hope. And this one is so powerful in his redeeming power. He has unlimited, omnipotent power. But there's a part of his power that just means so much to us. And that's his redeeming, his redeeming power. In John 1, 4, it says, in him was life. In Jesus, he holds life in his hand. And he was the light of all mankind. And in verse 9 it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, again talking about Jesus, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, yet, but, yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave all of them, anybody, everybody, all of them who believed in his name the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or, or husband's will, but born of God. And the amazing thing is Jesus is the light of all mankind, and anybody and everyone who receives him, he has the power to give them the right to be called children of God. I mean, do you ever stop and think about that? That Jesus has the power, the redeeming power. And redeeming, you know, the word redeem is like they're paying the price for something, right? You know, that something costs that much and, and, it, and, he, and we go and we redeem, we pay the price to get that. And through his sacrifice and his love, Jesus' redeeming power is available to all of us. It's available to you, you know. And do you ever feel like that if God really, right, and I, and I talk to people, and I, I used to feel like that, that if, that if God really knew who we were, and if God really could see everything that we've done, and if God could really know our thoughts, that the truth is, God would not love me, right? Have you ever had those thoughts? You know, that man, you know, I'm not, I'm not good. You know, like Mark, you're really good, but I, I'm, not, I'm, nowhere, I'm nowhere near good like you. I'm not good either, right? And it's like, man, God, if you just knew what I was thinking, right? Because sometimes we don't, but if you just even knew our thoughts, well, here's a surprise. He knows what we've done, right? He knows what we thought about. He knows all that. And even knowing all that, he sent his son, Jesus, to come and die for us, right? And Jesus came, and he was the light of all mankind. And he came with his redeeming power. That he has the power to redeem anybody and everybody. 
well, you know, you know, there's some pretty bad people in this world. God's omnipotent, unlimitless, redeeming power can redeem anybody, and he can redeem you. And because in Jesus there's life, we can experience his redeeming power. Have you received? Have you experienced his redeeming power? You think, oh, no, man, just last night I just kind of messed up. It doesn't matter because in Jesus there's life. And all it takes is you to say, God, I just need help. And maybe for, for some of you, that's where it is today, right? Maybe God brought you here for that reason. Maybe it's for you to grab on to his redeeming power. That to all who receive, did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them what? The right to be called children of God. And you know, I, I just don't want you to, 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 to leave this place if that's what God is saying that's what you need to, to just brush that by. But, you know, I want to give you that opportunity. And for some of you other people, you think, well, you know, I accept it. I, I'm, I feel like I'm a children, I'm a child of God. But you look, man, my life's all messed up, kind of dirty. You know, I've just done some rotten things. You know, I didn't go out and kill a man just to watch him die, but I did some really bad stuff. You know, and I don't know if God really does love me. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. And maybe let Jesus come in with his redeeming power. All right? And so let's just pray real quick. You know, you're one of those categories. You feel, man, I just don't know if God could love me. God says, I do love you. Because I sent my son and I've given him my redeeming power to redeem your life. To pay the penalty for whatever you did. All right? So let's just pray real quick. You know, just tell the Lord, Lord, you know, thank you for your power. That I just focused in this prayer. I just focused in on how rotten I am and how there's no way that you could love me. I never stopped to think about how powerful you are, that you have the power to redeem me and redeem my life. And so, Father, I just grab on now and say, Jesus, if the Bible says that in you there is life, that I want to receive that now. That if you're the light of all mankind, I want you to be my light. And I ask you to redeem me that I could be called a child of God. And help me to grow. Maybe I'm here for that specific reason to get to know the Savior who has loved me with his redeeming power. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, that's so important because in, because in Jesus, there's life. We have hope in his redeeming power. The last thing is this. Because Jesus is light, we have hope in his victorious power, Right? Because Jesus is light, he is life, and there's redeeming power, and he is light, and we can have hope in his victorious power. In verse 4, 
In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And it says the light shines in the darkness, and guess what? There's no darkness that have overcome it. Jesus Christ is the light of all mankind, and there is no darkness that can overpower. His light is more powerful than any darkness. Are there dark times that you go through? All of us go through dark times, right? You might be going through a dark time right now. It's tough. Life is full of dark times. You know, um, I was just thinking of, um, you know, um, Neil and, and Kareen Murakami and their family. Right, Kareen? You guys had an interesting time over this past few weeks. This gigantic piece of someone's carport, you know, like 12 by 12, right? And I don't know how heavy that thing was, but it was pretty heavy. That thing was not on the Daniel plant. And, and at the, in the, you know when it was that really windy time here on Oahu? Well, this, this carport roof traveled, must have been over, I don't know, maybe 100 yards maybe, right? 200, 300 feet. Was, was yeah, it was from the next street over, flew in the air like this square Frisbee. And that's why I don't play Frisbee. But it, it spun, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, it lands on the Murakami's house. Not only does it land on the Murakami's house, it's on their eldest daughter's room. Kaboom. If it had gone kaboom, or if it didn't land flat, um, damage would have been, don't want to even think about that. You know, uh, daughter Avery says, sounded like there was a bomb, right? You know, uh, son Adam was like, Oh, so glad that's not my room. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Okay? But they look, and, 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 and this thing landed on their roof. And um, structurally, now that they need to, um, you know, uh, they got to do a lot of work on that house now. You know, and I thought, man, that's like, that's tough times for the Murakamis. But Corrine knows that because Jesus is light, we can have hope in his victorious power. So, so Corrine says, hey, daughter, you all right? Good. Room, that looks pretty bust up. You got to go sleep in the living room. But hey, maybe now we can remodel our kitchen. <laughs> right? And, you know, she works in the cafeteria at one of the schools. She goes, yeah, now we can read, you know. I mean, yeah, that's good, you know. And I thought, yeah, Neil, you should remodel that kitchen, right? Dream kitchen time. How did you get the green dream kitchen? Oh, because the carport fell on our, right? But there's always hope in dark times. Why? Because of Jesus' victorious power that no darkness can overcome. Not only that, there's darkness in the world. I mean, when you look around, honestly, it can be scary. It can be depressing to look at the world around us, right? There's so much evil. There's violence. And, and the thing is, no matter what we might want and hope, it doesn't look like it's getting better, right? I mean, if there ever was a thing called evolution, I mean, we're not evolving into something better, right? It's getting worse. And you look and you read the newspaper, and it's like, man, it's just like, right? You know, we get frustrated, we get scared. You know, we hear about certain stuff, and certain things hit home, you know, close to home. Uh, it's scary, there's a lot of darkness 
in this world. But, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter how dark the world becomes or seems. It's because Jesus said he's the light. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not, right? Not did not, but has not overcome. Has not overcome it. There is no darkness in the world that the light of Jesus cannot overcome. That's his victorious power. And then if dark times in our personal lives and we look around, you know, darkness in the world, if that was enough, you know, there's that whole realm of spiritual darkness, right? And, and an area that we probably need to, we will need to address in the future, that whole realm of, of spiritual darkness and the work and the schemes of the enemy and, and the, our, you know, the devil and all the spiritual warfare that comes with that. You know, um, whenever we choose to pursue Jesus, whenever we make a decision like we're making now, that we're going to follow Jesus, right? We're going to be a Christ one, that we're going to grow as his disciple, we're going to learn about Jesus. Whenever we make a decision in any way, shape, or form to do that, um, we encounter resistance, right? Spiritual darkness. We call it spiritual warfare. You know, interesting, you know, um, our youth went to camp, you know, a few weeks ago, and and um, John, you know, my son John, you know, led the camp um, from our church, you know, and, and he would call and say, man, it's, it's rough. This is a rough camp. <laughs> you know, they had to send, you know, some kids home, not from our church, all right? Um, uh, and n- our kids are great, but, you know, from another church, you know, no, just, you know, these kids, you know, that uh, they're just, was, was just was tough. And it was heartbreaking because it was like, man, but that if we send them home, it's like they're going to miss out on what God has for them. So we was praying, and, and, you know, last year John was, oh, this is a great camp. This is wonderful. And this year was like, oh, man, Dad, this camp, oh, right? And then there was a, a large group of um, uh, young boys, 6th and 7th grade, right? And um, they were 6th um, and 7th grade young boys, Right? <laughs> And out of that group, like 26 of them, and there was like seven or eight young girls, right? And we had kids who, challenging lives, right? That's the guys that, you know, one of the churches in the camp, they, they, they ministered to a great job. They do a great job. And so you got these kind of kolohe, rascal guys. And then you have some of our kids from our church, and I thought two in particular, they go to, their sixth graders go to, you know, Monolua Middle. And the most violence that they probably saw was someone squish a cockroach. Like, ooh. Yeah? Well, you see? And, and I saw that, that, that two girls. And I saw all these guys. I'm thinking, man, I just don't know how this is going to work. You know, this is like, they're never going to want to come back camp again. And one of them was a friend of someone who comes to this church. The, the girl who comes to this church I figured we could talk to her and the family, you know. But then they, she invited a friend, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know. You know, not only do these kids squish cockroaches, they eat that. No, they don't eat that. No, 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 they don't. But it was like, oh, how is it going to work? Well, Jesus is God. And the whole camp was talking about the love of Jesus, right? And when you begin to talk about that, 
You're going to encounter spiritual darkness. You're going to encounter spiritual warfare. And Johnny encountered spiritual warfare. But there is no darkness that the light of Jesus cannot overcome. Coming back, those two young, innocent girls, right, had a great time. The girl who's a friend of one of our families here, she texts the mom saying, man, my daughter had a great time. She can't stop talking about the camp. In fact, I got a real hug. Never hugs, I got a real hug. How did this happen? Because, because, because the Jesus we choose to follow as Christ once and as his students and learners, as his disciples, that Jesus is the light of all mankind and there is no darkness that can overcome it. In Colossians, it says this, for he has rescued, Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son, he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. You see, that's the victorious power of Jesus. And the question is, are you going through hard times? Are you going through dark times? You know, are you in the midst of 26 sixth grade Kolohe boys and you, you know, are you going through dark times? Are you discouraged? Are you feeling battered by the darkness around you? God wants to say to you, take heart. Take heart. Because Jesus is the light and he has overcome all darkness. And there's hope because of his power. See, that's the Jesus we serve and we worship and we follow. And, you know, it's crazy to think that this Jesus, the hope of the world, entered earth with just no fanfare, right? No parade, no nothing, no press conference, zero, right? On a typical night, shepherds watching the flock, people going about the usual business, here's Jesus, right? And this Son of God, the Christ, God Almighty, the creator of all things, the one in whom there's light and life, entered our world. And the vast majority of people were just too busy to notice. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 5, it says, So Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And so she wrapped him up. And what does it say? She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And we all know the story, right? And on the day of his arrival, every place was busy. No one had room. No, there was no place for him. The only place that was available for him was a trough that people would feed animals in. And that's where the Savior of the world was born. But here's the thing. But those few people those people who sought him out, who took that step out of their routine of their regular lives, what they were doing, and went off in a search for him, they found him. They found him, you know? And it changed their lives, all of them. 
from shepherds to wise men, they were all changed. And the question for all of us as we start this series and for all of us today is this. Will you make room in your life for the Savior? Or is your life going to be so busy and it's going to be too filled for him to come in? See, life is busy. Life is full of busyness. We have work, we have family responsibilities, there's all the extracurricular things we take our kids to, and and there's so much to do. And it's so busy, do we even have room for the Savior? But, you know, and we think things like, you know, but, you know, those things are really important. You know, work is hard, I've got to provide for my family, I've got to take care of my my, my, my family, you know, it's important for the kids to, invo- to be involved in all this because to get ahead, they got to get into a good school and isn't education the key to, you know, to success in life? You know, and, and the truth is, you know, that's all valid concerns. But I just want to give you, as we close, I just want to give you something to chew on, all right? That, that if Jesus is who he says he is, if Jesus is the savior of the world, if he is God Almighty with unlimited power, if he is the light of the world and has overcome all darkness, and if he in him there is life, and, and, and he is filled with and he exudes redeeming power, then, then, then maybe shouldn't we make some room in our lives for him? If Jesus is who he says he is. Shouldn't we prioritize our lives according to his design? Wouldn't his design for our lives be the best design? Not what we think. Oh, but education. Oh, but this. Oh, but sports. I mean, I mean, shouldn't we? Are you going to live your life the way you have been? Or are, are you going to seek out the Savior? You know? Will you be too busy that there's no room for the Savior to come in? You know? You know, whether you're a Christian or not, I believe God's calling us to a closer walk. And that's what this whole series is about. And I want to encourage you, just engage. Make room. Make a little room. Come here on Sundays. Let's go over the life of Jesus. Get into a small group. For these seven weeks, get into a small group. There'll be some sign-ups out there. And, uh, you know, we're going to sell these study guides to go along with the small groups. We're going to do something a little different. We're going to try to sell them in the small groups, you know. So if you're new and you just want to pick one up, we'll sell some out here. But for the rest, you know, for, for those of you who are in small groups, we're going to try to sell them through the small groups. But get in a small group. Make this investment. Because Jesus is God Almighty. And if we would grab hold, there is much hope because of the power that he has. Let's stand and pray. Father, thanks so much for sending your son. Man, we celebrated communion, how great, God, that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to come and die for us. And you didn't just send somebody. You sent your one and only son, that your son, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, has come to be our savior. He's come with his omnipotent power. He's come with his redeeming power. He's come with his victorious power. May we experience that in our lives, Father. And I pray that everybody here would engage and they would invite others to get to know this Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.